This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is none other than Derek Roddenbeck. He is an artist and he's looking to increase his revenue. If you want your chance to enter and to win 100 bucks each Monday on the show, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Nathan Latka here. This is episode 461. Coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to learn from Chris Kerner. He did 8.8 million in 2015 sales of his iPhone repair parts, and he sells directly to distributors. How does he do it? All right, Top Tribe, good morning. Our guest this morning is Will Mayo. He is the founder of uh, Spoken Layer, and he really founded this out of personal frustration. Being dyslexic, he was overwhelmed by written text and audio as his solution. His two co-founders joined him. They both share a passion for changing the way people tell stories, and they're truly changing, changing the landscape of spoken audio. I wanted to have him on because iTunes just kind of released their spoken audio section, and he's one of the masterminds behind how it's all working. So, Will, are you ready to take us to the top? Certainly. All right. So, first things first, uh, we both uh, we both share in being dyslexic. Walk me through, you know, the biggest critic, the critics I've heard so far about spoken layer or just kind of spoken uh, podcast like blog posts is that they're robotic and not normal. Is it wrong to compare spoken layer to podcast content? Um, yeah, I think they're really different products. I think what podcasts are an incredibly great medium for people to create bespoke content, tell native stories, and especially in a long form sense, typically you think of a podcast as a 20, 30, 60, 90 minute experience. Um, whereas in my modern world and the way I consume content is lots of little pieces from many different places. So what a spoken edition is, is a different interpretation of what audio can be. It's taking little stories and articles and posts that you think are interesting from brands that you recognize and putting them together in short bits. So the more ways that you think about uh, pulling songs together into a playlist as opposed to listening to a whole album or an individual article instead of reading a whole magazine. Mm -hmm. So it's a really different experience um, and really catered to putting the listener first and letting them choose the experience as opposed to the broadcaster or host of a show. So who are a few of the companies you're working with? So we power spoken editions for uh, about 30 properties or so, um, ranging uh, Wired, Reuters, Huffington Post, Bustle, Playboy, Skift, Mashable, TechCrunch. Uh, those are just the ones that pop off the top of my head. So what does Playboy pay you and what do you deliver to them? Um, so what we provide is a way for them to distribute the articles they write. Um, so as everyone knows, everyone just reads Playboy for the articles. So we actually take that and make that something I that... By the way, Will, I didn't know people read Playboy. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, maybe it's a wives' tale, but there, what, it, there's always that saying that it, you know, it's just for the articles, honey. But actually, the funny thing is that they actually have great editorial and they have a great perspective. So taking that content that's really interesting on whether it's section culture or lifestyle or nightlife, 
um, and then making those stories available on your subway ride into work or your commute um, home or while you're working out in the gym. So you can take those stories that you may have otherwise saved to your Insta paper or have left open in a tab, but now you can actually put your phone in your pocket, look around in the world, and still consume that content so you can be relevant within your social network and with your friends and family. Okay, and so how does how does Playboy pay you? What's the model? So uh, different publishers work in different ways. So not only some of the publishers we work with pay us as a platform in SASFI to have a spoken edition. Other publishers, because of their scale, uh, work with us, and we have an ad network and ad marketplace built on top of our platform um, that as things start to scale up, we actually help the publishers. Either we sell advertising and sponsorship at scale across the whole network or enable their sales teams to sell against it. So for them, it's a new product, a new distribution method, which for some media companies is a place they might sell ads or sponsorships, or for others, it might be a premium value add as a better user experience. I want to pick one of these to go deeper, and what is your bigger revenue maker right now, the SaaS side or the placing advertising side? Um, in the long term, we know the growth of ad revenue will be the largest component of the business, but building an ad network and an ad marketplace uh, takes a long time. So right now, we probably make, uh, as a company, more revenue from the SaaS side, since we also work with non-media clients as well, enabling them to have spoken editions, whether it's a uh, a hedge fund that has reports for their traders or other types of enterprise content. So we have another side of the business that isn't as uh, public and media facing, um, which works with a lot of non-media clients as okay. well. Okay, so let's focus on the SaaS model. What do people pay you per month? Uh, so we don't talk about our numbers since it's really dependent on the type of content, sensitivity of the content, and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, give me a uh, real example. Though. Make it concrete. Like, Let's not talk in generalities. I mean, is there any client paying you that you can talk about? Uh, you know, we don't talk about the revenue we make from our partners um, since it, it's, it's ranging. But, you know, this isn't something that's a couple hundred dollars a month. It's also not something that's hundreds of thousands. But, you know, it depends on the volume of content for a partner that's only doing, you know, a couple pieces a week. It could be relatively low. But for some of our partners, we may be what doing is relative, tens or hundreds well, of what is Well, what does relatively low mean? Uh, th- Will you cut out? Give, give me that. Give that to me again. What is what is relatively low mean? For thousands of dollars. Okay, so people are paying for a relatively low. Let's call it ten articles uh, put into a spoken format per month. They're paying you, you know, a thousand to five thousand bucks per month, something like that. Again, I'm not going to confirm numbers, but that's not ridiculous in the kind of that range is a, a place to start. Okay, so Will, I, I want this. I asked you before. I want this to be a big win for you. This will not be a win for you, and you won't get business from this if we stay like super general. So, like, I'll keep pushing, but just know if you keep pushing back, people aren't going to know who's a good fit for you and who's not. So, the more specific you can be, the better. Understood, but you know we're not disclosing specific numbers since we're still working on our pricing and figuring out what the right value to partner. Uh, relationship is mm-hmm. uh, no that makes that makes fine sense uh, what year were did you found the business in uh, so we started spoken layer originally as an iPhone app that we launched at TechCrunch disrupt in 2012 okay. uh, but then we found app facing was not the way to be why not uh, acquiring customers is really hard in audio, and instead of uh, competing with distributors and publishers who are our partners, we'd rather empower them and work with them to create a better user experience and a better distribution for them. So being behind the scenes um, was a much better way for us to scale and have a larger impact as a company. And what um, are you self-funded or have you raised capital? 
Uh, so we have not gone down the VC route. Um, we have done everything with angels, friends, and family, and a lot of really awesome influencers and network of about uh, 30 individuals or so, which okay. has been a great way to build a company. So you did a seed round kind of on a convertible note? Uh, no, we've, we've done price rounds, but everything has stayed uh, as individuals, um, actually almost exclusively all C-level founders or board members of top media companies okay. and uh, other people in the industry. So what, how much money have you raised in total? Uh, we've raised uh, a bit over two million dollars over the past uh, six years. Okay, and what's been the what's been the? I mean, most of that investment has it gone through the tech, or has it gone through kind of acquisition of new customers? Where's most of that money going? Uh, it's a lot uh, on spending on our team that's building out the platform has probably been the largest investment. You know, yeah. we have a lot of core technologies, whether it's the cloud studio, it's our optimized distribution platform, um, our audio CMS, uh, our ad serving technology, our ad network. Uh, so a lot of it has been on the technology and infrastructure that powers Spoken Layer and gives us the flexibility and scalability for us to power for as many partners as we do. Um, How many are you with right now? How many partners will you have? Creation. Sorry? How many partners are you working with currently? Uh, probably about 40 or 50 total. Okay. And those are the Playboys, the mics, all those? Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Um, okay, got it. And how are you, most of these folks, like a lot of times when I have SaaS companies on, there's a lot of interesting questions around, you know, how are you acquiring customers, things like that. But you have kind of a higher price point. ARPUs are much higher than, than other SaaS companies I'll talk to. So, I mean, do you guys have an inside sales team or how are you getting these new customers? Everything's inbound. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's like when uh, a tech hunter article goes live. Have, get... Yeah, we have more interest than we can handle. So uh, it's that's one of the reasons why we don't talk about pricing because it's really dependent on the clients coming in. Who do we want to work with? And what's the value uh, for us of working with them at this time and the value of getting spoken content as part of their offer? Well, let's just call a spade a spade. You want to maximize revenue. So you don't want to put pricing up and then leave a bunch of money on the table. You'd rather one-on-one -on -one negotiate with every new client coming in to figure out how you can make the most money. Uh, well, it, it's that's one piece of it, but Come it's also on, who we want to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are you saying no to? Who's a bad fit? Uh, Non-English content is not what we're focused on. We get a lot of international inquiries um, in non-English speaking. We do English and Spanish currently, but a lot of content in France and Germany and all that kind of stuff. So right now we've decided uh, uh, in the short term we're really focused on domestic and English content mm -hmm. um, is where we've been placing most of our bets at the moment. Are you working with anyone like me that's not a major media brand, but has, you know, the podcast has over 2.5 million downloads and I put out blog content with a pretty big email list every, almost every week. Do you work with uh, folks like me yet or no? Um, we've entertained it, but most of those types of partners don't have a budget to spend thousands of dollars a month to add a spoken edition. So we've really focused on clients that have, you know, 10 plus million person audiences um, that can work with those audiences so that's also been a big focus for us is working with clients that have large user bases uh, and a larger place to deploy a new product into. Okay, got it. So, okay, cool. What I want to focus on, we have a couple minutes left. So we've kind of made the assumption so far this interview that people are actually going to consume content this way but I'll tell you like I've consumed some of this content. It sounds robotic like and this isn't just you. This is just taking blog posts in general that are that are in the written format and then having someone literally just read them and put them in audio form. It's just, I don't find it particularly interesting. Are your folks doing yeah. anything where you're changing the, the actual verbiage? You're not actually reading from this, the actual post? 
So we look at all the content that comes in, we do a lot of content analysis on to understand what's going to have a high uh, quality of voicing. Uh, so we look at many qualities of it. How long is it? What's the makeup? Looking at sentence structures, looking at the types of content, looking at all that kind of stuff to make decisions around what's worth voicing. Because you're correct. Not everything that's written should be listened to. Some stuff is not articulated that way, is written as factual information as opposed to a story. So we do a lot of uh, analysis and optimization around understanding what content makes sense in audio because it's not everything. You're spot on right that a random blog post may sound like crap in audio mm-hmm. and that's fine because it's not for every single piece of written content. But there is great content and great stories that people want to consume that turning it into audio is a phenomenal experience. And there's also changes like you can what? do to give me a phenomenal, a Give me a phenomenal scale. example. Will, what's, Sorry? A, what's a piece of content that, d- that you said does phenomenal, that goes from text to audio very easily? Give me an example. Uh, anything written in the first person that's a personal story that's typically editorial or opinion, that is the writer saying, I believe this, I think this, I think that we should do this, or this was done wrong, is always written in a short, quip sentences, very uh, narrative style. Those things work phenomenally well. Interesting. If it's a blanket, reverse pyramid style newspaper article, it's going to not work at all. Yep. Okay. And then last question I've got about this, talking about distribution, right? So like, I mean, I see on your website, you scroll down a little bit, you've got like a fortune, you've got a Forbes, a time to brief, a router story and brain decoder. How are, how are, how are these things going to get distribution? Are people embedding it in the blog post? So when mobile users open up the blog, they go, I want to listen to this instead of actually read it. Or how do you see the onboarding uh, like that happening? So there's different types of distribution. For some of our partners like Slate, you can go in line. If you go to content that has a spoken edition, there'll be a player in line with it and consume it right there where you see the original content. For other partners, we handle all of their off-platform distribution, whether that be iTunes or Audioboom, like you mentioned, and some other SoundCloud and other platforms where meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. So some people use different platforms to consume audio. So making sure every one of our partners is available on all the places that make sense for them is what we empower them to do and who's, do for them. Who's doing the best right now? If people want to go study uh, which kind of spoken layer customer or partner is, you know, is getting the most listeners based on how they're telling stories, who should people go listen to? Uh, I think Times and one of our longest standing clients that we've been working with for a long time. They have probably the largest uh, usership out of most of our partners. Slate's doing a really great job implementing it on site. Uh, Reuters has a great diversity of content. Huffington Post has a great diversity of content. Wired's making a lot of really great investments in what their content is, their distribution experience. But, you know, a, typically a lot of the publishers that are leading digital, um, this is another great way for them to push into. And I think they've done a great job of that so far. Sen, uh, last question before we get into the Famous Five. So you mentioned you've got about 40 team members. Where are you guys based? Oh, no, we have a, a much smaller team than that. We have a, oh, um, a distributed team uh, and a ton of voiceover actors. But we're based in uh, Midtown Manhattan. We're in North Chelsea. Uh, and uh, some of our team members are in San Francisco and uh, in London as well. Full-time folks, how many? Uh, about 10 or so on the, the core team. Okay, so are you in a period right now where you're looking to raise additional capital? Uh, it's an interesting question. I think we've started to have some conversations with the growth we've seen recently. It can make sense to pursue that, but the great thing is we have a sustainable way to keep growing our business, which means we don't have to, which mm-hmm. is a great place to Do you be. want to? Uh, that's a good thing to not have to. Do you want to, though? 
Uh, it's an avenue we're looking into and kind of our core team is uh, interested in seeing what that path would be to kind of jump on the fast track. But audio is an interesting business because uh, the rate it matures and I think uh, it's worth making some investments in that. And it's what do you mean by that, the rate it matures? Uh, audio is a product that uh, people, once they adopt it, they don't leave it but um, the initial adoption isn't as quick as you know a YouTube video or something like that but once you get someone audio builds a really strong habit as you probably know with your audience they always come back mm-hmm. whereas that doesn't often happen in written content or photo content or video content but the initial growth you don't see spikes and growth in audio the same way that you see in other forms of media but it's a much more habitual long-standing habit so it takes a little bit longer to build but it stays for a lot longer we have thousands and thousands and thousands of CEOs listening, maybe in your same position, cash flow positive, don't have to raise capital, but they're thinking about it. And one of the questions people always battle with is how much do you raise? So if, how are you thinking about that? If you decide to raise, how do you think about how much you want to raise? I am much more focused on who the partner is. What we look at in terms of determining how much we want to raise is whoever is interested in leading the round, the check size they're willing to write should be somewhere between a third and half of the round. So if we talk to one investor and they're like, this is awesome, I want to lead this and they're who we really want to partner with and they want to write a half million dollar check, great. You know, it's a million and a half or two million dollar round. If we talk to someone else, like I want to write you a two million dollar check, great. Then we're talking a, you know, four to five million dollar round if it's i want to give you 10 million great we're talking 20 to 30 million dollar round and it's much more driven based off of who that main partner is the contribution they want to make and then filling out the rest of the round with the rest of the network that you have is how i approach it smart smart uh smart recommendation we'll appreciate that uh where can people follow you online if they want to follow you as you build the business so uh, Spoken Layer is our handle across pretty much everything. So you can find us there, SpokenLayer.com, at SpokenLayer, um, and Facebook as well. Uh, but really the best is to shoot us an email. Um, we tend to like to have really intimate and personal conversations with people to find the best solutions for them. So you know, shoot us an em- email, uh, email, info at SpokenLayer is probably the best way to get directly in touch with us. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere, your website's growing so fast, how'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator, I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator, and the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use, because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin, and guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Great. All right, well, guys, we'll link to that in the show notes at nathanlacka.com forward slash the top 461. Again, 461. Will, time for my favorite part of the show. It's the wrap-up. It's called The Famous Five. These are quick answers. You ready? Yep. Number one, favorite business book? Uh, the E-Myth. The E-Myth, Gerber. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, I love Musk, modern Tony Stark. <laughs> Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like FreshBooks? Uh, I love Streak. Streak is <laughs> my favorite at Gmail CRM. Yeah, that's a good one. Number four, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Oh, yes. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Uh, single. Single, okay, good. So no kids, single, and how old are you? 30. Okay, and so last question, then take us back 10 years, man. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, 
Just to keep trying. You'll figure it out. Did you give up on something when you were young? <laughs> Did you give up on something when you were young and that's why you say that? No, it's, I, I always thought this would happen faster, but by going a little bit slower, I've learned so much more along the way, um, and not to kind of be so focused on what's farther ahead in the future, but some focus a little bit more on what's happening right now and what's around, because I think as an entrepreneur, my job and has matured into understanding what's right in front of me, more so than just seeing what the future is, because it's easy to miss what's right in front of your face sometimes. Top drive, there you have it. Don't miss the stuff right in front of you. Keep trying from Will Mayo, the one of the founders of Spoken Layer, over $2 million raised from friends, family, C-level uh, folks, uh, over 40 partners that they are working with all over the place, ranging from uh, Playboy to Time to, to routers with a team uh, of 10 based in New York City, uh, San Fran, and London. Will, thank you for taking us to the top. Sounds good. Thank you. If you enjoyed Will today, go back and listen to Michael Chapman yesterday. Michael's a one-man agency that does $500,000 per year just through recommending health plans. His client acquisition strategy is fascinating, though. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.